if you're going to make a side hustle work, you've got to be passionate about it or have some interest. Otherwise, it's just going to become another job or a grind and you're not going to keep going and pushing when you're not making money. Because most side hustles in the e-commerce space, you're grinding now and hoping for pay later, whether you're working to become an influencer or whether you're working to set up an e-com business just for success and to scale and pay for generations of wealth type thing. Mm. Passion and interest is one of the biggest things I would filter an idea through. Welcome, welcome. Today, I'm speaking with Ryan Garrow, who is going to take us through the full funnel of side hustling from coming up with your idea, setting goals, and actually executing on it. He advises people on this stuff, so you're going to want to listen in and make sure you stick around till the end to get his number one piece of life advice. Without further ado, let's just start learning with Ryan. On the podcast today, I've got Ryan Guerra with us, who is going to help us determine our side hustle, talk about goals, figure out that whole stage. So this is going to be really valuable, especially if you're just getting started and looking for some advice. Before we get too much into it, Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Blake. I'm excited to be here. Ryan just started his own podcast that we'll get to at the end as well. So we're going to learn a lot here. Um, want to get some quick context on you before we dive into the technical subject matter of side hustling. So if you could just run, walk us through really briefly the story of your career from how you got started to where you got or how you, how you got to where you are now. Okay. I don't think our podcast is long enough to cover all of it, but we'll touch on some high points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been in the digital marketing space for about a decade. I was CEO of a company that got acquired. I'm now working with the company that acquired us. And so my focus is primarily in the e-commerce space. Most of my day is advising businesses on how they can grow their e-commerce, what they can do strategically, what, how they can compete better. But I also have five businesses with my wife outside of that. So I do have the side hustle game going where I have a brand selling uh, direct consumer. I also have a wholesale division on that. My wife has a retail store that also sells online. I have a wine and beer retailer. I have a marketing company that tests new products into markets. And then we have a, an investment organization for e-commerce technology. So I am literally all over the place. I have so many questions, but I, I can't dive in just yet because I, I have one more contextual question. I ask everybody this. So I'm curious what you would say is your professional superpower? Strategy. Seeing where something can or can't work. I love it. I, I can already tell we're going to get along great. You're so, so simple, direct, straightforward. It's going to be fantastic. My first question, because... I do this every bit as much for me to learn as for the audience to learn. So you've mentioned you've already got several side hustles, especially some e-commerce stuff. I'm really curious. First off, we can go into how you get the ideas for that. But then I also want to bring up before I forget, how do you actually get the system in place to like get uh, somebody to manufacture it if you need that? Or how, like, how do you build those relationships as well? So let's tackle the idea first. Then we can get into the more technical side. Mm -hmm. For me, the ideas are generally easy. And the problem for me is, is refining and figuring out which ones are bad and which ones may have potential. So my wife is usually my best filter. She, she shoots down most of my ideas and tells me they're dumb. And so that's my step <laughs> one. Like, <laughs> all right, what do you think of this? Oh, I think it's bad. Okay, well, let's maybe table that and I'll try to refine that. But I usually, when I'm advising, because we have 800 employees here, I'm advising on a lot of side hustles internally for people under 30. But what I like to tell people too is if you're going to make a side hustle work, you've got to be passionate about it or have some interest. Otherwise, it's just going to become another job or a grind and you're not going to keep going and pushing when you're not making money. Because most side hustles in the e-commerce space, 
you're grinding now and hoping for pay later, whether you're working to become an influencer or whether you're working to set up an e-com business to, for success and to scale and pay for generations of wealth type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think passion and interest is one of the biggest things I would filter an idea through. And then I think secondary below that is what kind of con- connections do you have or what kind of opportunities do you have to meet people or who is in your sphere that can help you with this? All of my side hustles, I have partners on purpose. Number one, it's it's more fun to work with people, hmm. but also there's a lot of skills that I don't have. You know, I've run a lot of businesses. I've failed at a lot of businesses. I've succeeded. But what I've learned through that is there is no scenario in which I'm going to be able to do everything perfectly or to the best that this business deserves. And so I recommend for most side hustle people, outside of becoming your own influencer, even that could use some other people helping each other become better influencers and balancing ideas off each other. But if you're going to start an e-com business, have somebody else that wants to get excited about this product with you and do it with you. It's, it's way more enjoyable to win together than all by yourself. Plus the accountability factor. Yeah, exactly. It's too easy. You know, if you're 25 trying to side hustle and your friends want to go out for beers and really you do need to develop a little bit of work on your site, you've got somebody singing and saying, Hey, you're accountable. You said you were going to do this by this date. Do it. And mm-hmm. with it all by yourself, it's too easy to push things off and your side hustle lags and never makes anything. I would love to do just like a thought exercise then. So let's say I came up with an idea for an e-commerce product. It's a it's a litter mat, a special litter mat. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. And I have this idea. I think it's going to be really cool, but I have no idea of anybody in my network that can help me out to actually make the thing. So I'm pretty confident I can set up a store and sell it, maybe even market it. Okay. How do that, like how have you worked with the distribution side of things? Because I know that's getting a little bit off topic, but at the same time, I know there are a lot of people that have these technical questions. They feel confident setting up a Shopify or something simple like that, mm-hmm. but actually getting the product made is a whole different story. Well, step one, if you're going to do a litter mat, you better have a cat. Because <laughs> if you don't have something <laughs> to experiment with and see the results and even have some photography that you can do with your own cat, at least have that. After that, my next step would be honestly going into pet stores and researching who's making one, going online and searching, seeing if there's anybody locally that is in the space. Maybe it's maybe instead of the mat, it's somebody making litter boxes locally. And I can be like, hey, I'd love to partner with you because if you've got the box, maybe you know people making mats or you can help me. It would start, I would go around and ask dumb questions. I do so many dumb question asking sessions where I'm like, I really don't know. Let's just call somebody and see if they'll help. And people respond really well. They love helping people by default. That's my, I think most people do. And so I go on, I'm like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Do you have any advice or can you direct me? And I'll just kind of follow rabbit trails and finding out, Oh, this guy's got a similar product and he's making it in China in this factory. He introduced me. I sent an email. Great. There's something there. That yeah, that's that's super helpful because that that side of things is a little bit murky for a lot of people. It's it's not talked about as much. The sexy thing to talk about is how to set up your Shopify store or how to market your e-commerce product. But the entire thing in the middle that's the most crucial, actually building the product and distributing it, totally gets lost. I think that's that's super helpful. But let's get back on track. I I, I geared us off in tangent a little bit there for <laughs> uh, for selfish reasons. I'm just curious. I, I'm curious, like at the beginning, if we have some ideas now. How do you actually narrow it down to choose the right one? And I guess a sub question of that is, do you think you actually have to be passionate about your product or does it just have to be adjacent to something you care about? 
I don't necessarily think it has to be the biggest passion for you. I mean, one of my businesses, I sell organic fertilizer. Guess what? I've never that's, had houseplants before this. <laughs> that, that's not your number one. Your, not your my, life doesn't revolve around fertilizer. It does not. That's I have weird. a partner who in the loves plants in the business, and he created came up with a formula. And my skill set is where I was marketing it and getting it into the market. But we aligned well that somebody had that, and mine was just like, "Hey, I'm going to go figure." This one was specifically set up to test out Amazon because I didn't know what I was doing on Amazon, so I was like, "Forget mm-hmm. it. I'm just going to jump a business on there and see what happens." So, but I think passion can help, especially because I'm in a place where I don't need the money. If my side hustles drag along for years and don't make anything, my life's not going to change. If they make a hundred grand, it doesn't change my life. So I'm in a little bit different spot as far as my side hustles go. If you need something to make money, then I suggest passion. Outside of that, just also enjoy the process. I am passionate about business. And I think that gives me an advantage in side hustles that I just, whether it works or fails, I'm learning constantly. And that's probably what allows me to do so many various unrelated side hustles. But I'm odd that way. And so I don't recommend a lot of people do what I do because it's weird. But I say, you know, as you're looking at it and you're filtering ideas, understanding what the market could potentially look like for that product or that group of products. Mm. It's you don't want to jump into bloody shark infested waters for that specific product if you don't have a very unique strategy or something that's going to help you really stand out that's going to blow this open for you you know well, that's i'd just- love to dive into that before we go any further because i think that's a, that's a huge thing that would be a determining factor is if you feel like you have something unique but how how do you narrow it down like in in your experience so far when you've had these ideas how do you take a general idea and actually help it become something that either doesn't exist yet or that is infinitely better than what does exist. How do you get to that point? Because that could be tough. It can't be. So let's take one of my side hustles. There's a wine and beer retailer. We're not focusing much on it right now because it's the way we made it unique enough. It just required too much time for where we're at at this point in life. So it's just kind of on the side there. But selling wine and beer. All right everybody does. You can go to you can go to your supermarket yep. and get that. No, it's, There's no advantage necessarily of just opportunistically being able to sell beer and wine in your location. And so we went into it. We're like, all right, we're going to sell beer and wine um, at a discount, f- primarily focusing on wine because I'm interested in wine. We've tested growing wine grapes and all kinds of things. But I was like, all right, I think people want to save money on wine and be able to get kind of a subscription model, but have some variety. It was somewhat unique in the marketplace. Started doing it and turns out in the place I'm in, in Portland, Oregon, where wine is more of a big deal than in other places in the country, people weren't, they didn't care about saving a dollar a bottle because the millennials that maybe were interested in saving that money weren't into wine enough that they would just go to Safeway and buy a bottle. They didn't need a case. We learned that it was more of a experience. So we have a giant event space on our farm that we live on and people want to come in and experience something unique that they can brag to their friends about. And so that's how we took that wine and beer retail and said, Hey, we're going to have really cool events with some really cool food or a wine tasting by glasses. So Riedel is a client of mine and Riedel came in and did this big glass tasting where you could taste the same wine in different shapes of glasses. That's not being done on the market at scale. And so I was able to do that and draw a lot of people in. It became popular. And now it's well known in Portland that, hey, you can go out to this farm <laughs> and taste wine in different wine glasses and understand the shape of the glass makes it. So it's it's taking a spin and somehow making it unique, not just doing what else is out there. So you have to have some market research. Now, if you're going to sell Nike shoes, there's a lot of those. Everybody's selling them out there, starting from scratch, just putting a website up. 
chances of selling Nike shoes online is going to be very low. <laughs> There's something potential, but you've got to have a very small niche like, hey, we're only going to sell trail running shoes in the color purple, and we're going to do Nike Adidas and Brooks, and we're going to be the best you know, purple shoe salespeople and be the experts in it online and have a lot of content. I think that's where most people setting up e-commerce side hustles fail. They can throw up a Shopify site, get product images, put them on there, but then they're they're like, okay, well, how do I get SEO? How do I get stuff out there? It's like, well, you, this is where you're grinding, and you are putting out a lot of content and writing it for the for the search engines. You're going to go find influencers on Instagram, invest in sending them a pair of shoes that they can wear and and talk about how great the experience was with you and your site and your products. Sorry, yeah, I got I got us off track a little bit there. So now bringing it back to choosing the side hustle, which also is is difficult in its own way. But I guess can continue on with that thought. Just one, if if I had like three ideas, I've got the litter mat, I've got a clothing line that I'm thinking about, and then I've got T-shirts with mountainscapes on them. Like if those are my three ideas. How do I determine what's likely the best one to go with? Do you have a certain criteria for what a successful side hustle looks like preemptively? Like you can kind of guess what's going to succeed? Yeah, my default is how easy is this for somebody else to do? Like, can they duplicate this? If I'm going to do mountainscapes on a t-shirt, there are, anybody can screen print t-shirts. That part is like, and so that one, unless you're just super passionate about mountainscapes and you just enjoy it, whether or not you make money, do it. But I would say, all right, that one, Bob next door can do that just as good as me. Maybe even not as good, but it, my good enough is not going to be something that's going to stand out in the mm-hmm. marketplace. If you can create a clothing line, great. Understand the market for clothing lines. There are, I would say, I'm going to make a probably random guess, but probably 30 to 40% of all Shopify sites, there's a million of them, are clothing related. Like, yep. there are so many clothing sites out there that I get conversations constantly skincare, beauty, and clothing seem to be the easiest side hustles to set up and they are all over the place. And so unless you really do have that passion, I would say, yeah, that's just, there's so many specific things. Unless you, again, again, it comes down to passion and being able to pick a really specific niche that, hey, there is a small subset group of people that are really in love with this type of clothing and there's not a, a supplier or a retailer out there for that go for that. Otherwise, I would say, hey, you've got a litter mat that is unique. You just need to figure out production, but you think there's nothing else on the market like it. And it would be difficult for somebody else to like, hey, what? how do I do this? That usually ends up becoming the long, best long-term potential for creating a legitimate business. And when I look at side hustles, I'm looking at which ones could grow into something big if I'm willing to put in the time and energy now to try to make it work. If you need now money, the litter box one is probably, or the litter mat is probably something that's going to take a while to get up off the ground and producing money. Is in your experience as well with a side hustle like this, for example, if if I were to just do the the easier one, so like the the t shirt printing that anybody could do, just throwing ad like ad money at that, is that going to actually be effective? If I get my targeting right and things like that, is that something that is actually worthwhile if I'm looking for money in the short term? Like, let's say that I'm trying to use that as a way to fund my actual side hustle, which is going to be the long-term litter mat play. Mm-hmm. Is that actually an effective strategy or am I just going to be wasting money? Generally, you're going to be wasting money. But I think there are some opportunities maybe on the social side of things. If you can find a subset group of people 
based on their interests or other pages they're following that you think you they are going to be really likely to buy your Mountainscape t-shirts, mm. then I would test some very low bid kind of top of funnel stuff. Like, can I possibly get people to come to my site and look at this? And then I would also start leveraging micro influencers. Like, okay, can I send a t-shirt to somebody that seems to really love mountainscapes? Like they've taken a lot of photography. Maybe I go to them and say, Hey, I'd love to put your photography on a t-shirt. I'll give you a couple and then I'll give you 10% of the you know, profit or what, however that works from an affiliate standpoint. Like I would try to network and grow socially other than just saying, I'm going to print t-shirts, put an ad account up on Google ads and Microsoft ads and expect I'm going to spend a dollar and get $10 in profit because that's probably not going to happen because people may or may not be searching for mountainscape t-shirts. Sure. So you're almost trying to create demand that you can own. Yeah. And that, that can be tough. And that's, that's the temptation. Like we'll, we'll come up with ideas and we, we got the side hustle we want to do, but the research that goes into it preliminarily, you mentioned that your superpower is strategy. So I'm guessing this is like where your bread and butter, right? When you've got the idea, you've chosen some different options that could be viable, then you've actually got to go out and look at what's there, what, what could be successful and be real with yourself. I think as a side hustler, it can be really hard to take the blinders off. If you like an idea, it, you need to be really, really objective about it and, and be able to take opinions from other people and actually understand if it sucks or not, which could be a tough thing. It is. It's you're basically asking people to tell you your baby's ugly. Like, hey, I, yeah. I have this thing. I really think it's awesome. So I <laughs> I call my wife my dream killer. So she can do that. She can look at my idea and be like, really? That's re- really not smart. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't see it from that perspective yet. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, we've had to actually have some of those conversations. Like, hey, don't kill it yet. It's not refined. But have some people that you can trust. You know, parents can be very good at this to a degree. You know, my mom would tell me, oh, your idea is great. You should go do it without knowing anything about it just because she's my mom. But have maybe even sometimes bosses can be good. People that have some experience in business that you can just say, hey, I'd love to run this by you. I work with a guy that does commercial optimization. He says, take your website and just go to somebody at Starbucks and say, hey, uh, can I buy your coffee? And while they're making it, will you try to do this on your my website? And using that as kind of like baseline commercial optimization. So Mm. try that. Like, hey, I've got this idea for Mountainscape t-shirts. Hey, so you're at Starbucks. Can I buy you coffee real quick if you just give me an opinion of this? And right. most people will be like, yeah, why not? I mean, unless they're super busy. You know, if you're in New York, you might have a more difficult opportunity to doing that than you would in like, you know, Austin, Texas. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. That's interesting. And going going beyond that, then beyond the idea, beyond actually implementing it and starting to work on it, what kind of goals should should we be having as side hustlers? Because it's not the same as a company. Most of the time, it's going to be completely different, but it's something that isn't discussed a ton. What should I actually be planning towards that's realistic? That's a tough one because it's going to be very specific to each person and what they're trying to accomplish. So what they have to figure out is, is you're creating a side hustle. What are your goals? I guess almost in life to a degree, like, do you want to be super busy running a side hustle and making money? Great. That could be a certain goal. But if you just like, you know, I'd rather be on a beach if I'm making less money, but it's doing something on the side. Awesome. That's the goal. Most of the time, I advise people starting side hustles. If you can, push off profit till later. What you really want to be able to do is invest back into the business. So if you have the ability to, 
take the profits, put them all back in the business to try to scale and grow the business. Because at some point, that flywheel will get going fast enough that you will be producing a higher amount of profit over a long term because the business is bigger because you've invested in it. Invest appropriately though. You just don't want to be putting money back in the business and wasting it all. So it's you know, how are you marketing? What's the time versus money ratio that you have? Because everybody has a different ratio like that. Sometimes you have more time than you do money, sometimes more money than time. So sometimes you pay for things and sometimes you have to do it yourself and figure it out. I've, I've, I've just got one last question for you. I asked this of all guests and, and I, this has been super helpful for me. So I know that the audience has, has gotten a lot out of this, <laughs> but one final question to help out the audience, because there are so many of us that are bootstrappers or micro influencers already, or we are side hustlers trying to get things going. I'm curious if you just had a group of us in a room and you could only give one piece of advice, what would that be? Mm, that is a difficult one. My, my advice would be you have to probably fail a few times. So you cannot be afraid of that. Like you love this little idea and you love this little business, but understand the majority of businesses fail. I did a talk yesterday about the about large businesses in Fortune 500. The original Fortune 500 list in 1955, these are the biggest businesses on the planet. And the list was only started 65 years ago. It is 88% of them are not even there anymore. Like so... Big businesses fail. So understand that small yeah. businesses are probably going to fail at a higher rate. So really, if I get a one out of 10 hit rate on a side hustle, that is fantastic for me. So don't be afraid of that. Like failure is how you're going to learn the best lessons. So go out and really fail quick. Like you can't like delay failure just because you like the business. If it's not going to work, find that out quick so you can go to the next one. Fail, fail, fail. And eventually you're going to find one that works. Uh, but don't be afraid of it. Thank you very much for, for the advice, Ryan. Again, Ryan Garrow, follow him on LinkedIn, anywhere else on social that you can find him as well. But I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your podcast. I think that it's going to be really relevant to a lot of people listening here. Yeah. So me and John McDonald, uh, we've spoken around the country quite often at events and we decided to team up on a podcast and kind of put all of our talks together. And we alternate between who's interviewing who, but we it's driveandconvert.com. I focus on the traffic driving because through digital marketing channels, I'm driving traffic to sites constantly. John is conversion rate optimization and he is making them convert better and bring the clients through the funnel and process and then into higher lifetime value. So we really tag team really well. We work with some major brands together and the ones that have worked with us are scaling at astronomical rates. I mean, these are brands you've all heard of that once we started getting together on them, they started increasing 40, 50, 60% year over year online just because everything is working so much better. So we've got a lot of really good tidbits. Again, we're trying to hit the 20 to 30 minute podcast timeframes. Uh, one week, it'll be on driving the traffic. And then the next week will be on how, do you can you, how can you improve the traffic performance on the site once it's already there. I love that. I'll, I'll be a fan of it. I'll check it out. Again, driveandconvert.com and then Ryan Garrow and John McDonald. Follow both of them on LinkedIn. Is there anywhere else on social that you're super active or is LinkedIn pretty much it? LinkedIn is pretty much it. Like social, I just kind of, I don't have enough time. <laughs> but LinkedIn, I will be active in posting yep. what's going on whether I'm speaking or what's going on in business world. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ryan, for coming on. Appreciate all of the advice. Yeah, thank you, Blake. It was great. Thanks for listening to the Micro Influencer Podcast. The show has received so much positive feedback and I've had so many great guests come on that the show is officially moving to three episodes per week. 
Two of the episodes will be the guest interviews you've come to love, featuring pros who have tested out what you're doing now and can save you years of your time with their advice. The third episode each week will be a much shorter snippet of my learnings and advice for the week. Please support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, leaving a review, or sharing an episode with a friend or colleague. And if you have any questions or just want to see what this thing is that I'm building, visit microinfluential.com. You can even listen to the website. That's microinfluential.com. Have a fantastic day.